John and I are throwing a live event this summer in Minneapolis in late July, and we'd love to have you there. The catch is, this is only open to course members. So if you are a member of our course and you're listening to this, head to dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash live and sign up. We'd love to have you there. And if you are listening to this and you've been thinking about buying the course and you'd love to join us in Minneapolis, book a call with us today, dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash call. Get on a call. John and I can walk you through what's in the course, get you prepped to get in the course and get you set up with a live event ticket as well. We'd love to see all of our course members there and really build some community and learn all sorts of different nuggets about high ticket dropshipping and mindset and, and everything else that we're going to teach while we're there. We'd love to have you there. Come join us in Minneapolis in July, dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash live. Welcome to the Dropship Podcast, where you'll learn how to build and grow a high ticket dropshipping business and hear stories from successful e-commerce entrepreneurs. Let's kick this thing off. Welcome to the Dropship Podcast. Today, uh, bringing back good niche, bad niche. Today, we're going to talk about 3D printers, a niche, a market in which I actually have experience. So if you want to, go to Google, type in Wayback Machine. If you've never used it before, it's archive.org. Go there and then type in the3dprinterguy.com. Look in uh, 2015, 2016. I sold it in February 2016-ish, somewhere around there. And so like you can see Ben's handiwork on his first business if you want to feel better about your first business, uh, you can go look at it. It was good enough. It made money. Uh, you know, if I knew then what I know now, uh, isn't that whatever, like I'm not looking back. I thought looking back, John, I haven't looked at it since 2015, 2016. I thought 3d printers was a good, good industry to be in. What do you, what do you think? Have you had any experience in the 3d printer market? No, no, I really haven't. And, and I haven't even, uh, really spoken to many people who have gone there in the time since. I mean, yes, years ago, I, I do think I, I probably spoke to a few people who were looking at doing it or just starting off doing it, but nobody in recent times has really said, hey, I, I want to get into selling the 3D printers. So, this one is a bit of foreign territory. I mean, obviously, I know you've done it and I know your story there, but it, other than that, it's it's a bit of foreign territory for me. I, I think on on the face of it, like just thinking about it without doing any deep research, it sounds like a pretty good idea to me. Like when you think about the product, I mean, I'm familiar with the product and what it is and what they do and that sort of thing and some of the applications and all of that. Um, and on that, I, I could imagine there there's some good reasons why you would think that's a that's a good niche, right? I mean, the products, you know, they can be expensive. They're not massive. You know, there's uh, various, you know, enthusiast groups that use them and, so I think, it, like just off the bat, it, it automatically ticks a few boxes. I think. Um, what's what what's the behind the scenes story? Yeah, you know I've got a few nuggets. <laughs> so on this podcast, we talk about the who. So if you can think about who is buying a three D printer, there are a few different subsets of people, and I sold to all of them. And so you you may have to decide on one of these as your target audience when you're selling them. So there's there's the hobbyist who is buying one of these because they heard of a 3D printer and it's $1,000 and they don't care and it's just cool and they want to do stuff with their family or their kid or or they're a lone wolf who that's just what they're into. And so there's, there's that subset of people. They are buying more of a specific type of 3D printer that's on the... In the, getting close to that no man's land. And it was back yeah. then, I'm assuming the prices have been driven down since mm. I was in it in 2015, 2016. So there's probably kits that are quite low priced that I'm not sure I would right. get into. Now, on the other hand, there was a lot of B2B. So there was a lot of companies who were looking for more of these professional units 
to build out prototypes and models and things for their business. And, and I'm sure 3D printing has come a long way since then. They're doing even more with it. And so that was the majority of my sales, I would say that. And uh, that was some technical stuff that Ben spent a lot of time on Google. So people would call with a question that I had no clue the answer to. And I would let it go to voicemail. They would ask their question. I would go to Google and be like, oh, what does this word mean? And how, you know, and I would, I would go find the answer for them. Uh, I would answer them. I would add it to the product page because I didn't know the answer before. And um, I had to learn a lot about 3D printers in the process, but that was the B to B. And there was a lot of sales to be had there, to be fair. The other side of that was the uh, schools. Uh, so I had a $26,000 or something like that to a school. That was a good day uh, selling a giant amount of 3D printers. And I think there was opportunity to do a lot more of that to outfit schools or um, I can imagine like uh, Boy Scout troops might be into that or uh, a lot of different school groups or extracurricular activities or things like that. I think there'd be a lot for that, but uh, definitely schools, there was an opportunity there and those were big orders. That does come with you having to give terms, which at the time I didn't know what terms was when a school said, can I have net 30? I said, let me go Google that because, I, again, I didn't know what it was. It was my first business. And so they wanted to pay 30 days after the product arrived, which, you know, can I float that on a credit card? At the time, no. And so I reached out to my supplier who said, you know what? You've been doing a lot of hard work for us. We'll float it. You pay us when you get the money. And, like, that was a really cool moment in, in my journey of, like, somebody sticking their neck out for me based on the work that I had done for them. So I think focusing on the higher-end units and not the kits – could be valuable. I do think once you establish yourself, you could easily get your own kit, uh, white labeled under your own brand name. I think that's pretty easy to do nowadays. Um, there, there are things that people need to keep buying, right? The, um, filament, I'm, uh, I've lost the vernacular from back then the plastic, right? So there's PLA and there's ABS. You can print metals. There are repeat purchases there of people coming back to need more things. They are very low ticket, right? And so, well, I don't think you're going to be advertising these things. You should have them available and constantly contacting your customers to make sure that they have everything they need to continue uh, building what they want to build. And so it's got a lot of pros, John, a lot of pros. And I think it's still in its infancy. If you remember back in 2014, 2015, it was kind of all the rage, right? Uh, this was before... Uh, man, if you could think of the, the, the escalation, right? There was like 3D printing was the next thing. Uh, and then the orange man came along and the whole world was infatuated with the orange man. And then uh, somewhere on there, COVID came along, right? And then uh, Web3 was the next thing and crypto. And now we're on to AI. And so like 2015 was the 3D printer kind of era. Um, and it's kind of gone quiet. I don't, uh, You haven't heard a lot about it, but I guarantee it's being worked on heavily. Uh, they're 3D printing rockets nowadays. And so like, who knows where we go with this? Uh, I do think there's probably uh, without, you know, going to Google and doing some deep research, probably a lot of opportunity here, mostly because like you said, John, it's not something that gets brought up a lot when we do niche verification or talk to people on sales calls. It's not something I hear about. Nobody's like, Hey, what do you think of 3D printers? Um, and maybe it's just kind of lost its place in, in the ethos of the world. And it's not talked about much, so it's not thought about. And and I think that's actually I think that's actually a good thing, right? In, in my experience, you actually don't necessarily want to get on the hot new thing when it's the hot new thing, right? So we saw this a, a bit with drones, which was also back 
you know, 2014, 2015, you know, DJI and these sort of brands are bringing out the drones. Everybody's getting into drones back then. Um, and so you could start drop shipping drones. Uh, now, I didn't do it personally, but I did was coaching a number of people who got into drop shipping drones. Me too. And, you know, they were really popular. Everybody was trying to buy them. And there was a lot of trouble with the suppliers. There was actually a lot of trouble with fraudulent orders as well. Like, I knew people that were just getting hit with like 15 or 16 fraudulent chargeback situations a month sort of thing. Like it was really high and I just got to the point where we were, I was telling people not to do drones, like stay away from that because it's just it's just overcooked at the moment. But everything, all of these new things, you, you go through this period, it's like a curve where interest peaks and then it goes down, it disappears and then it just slowly starts to creep up again. So any new technology, that that's basically what happens, right? Uh, and, and you know, you see it with crypto as well. When that it took off one day, it exploded, and then it kind of dropped. In you know, now not so many people are talking about crypto, but it's still there. It's still a thing, right? And obviously, there's a few other factors behind that as well. But um, that's actually, I think, a good time to get with it when it's not the thing that everybody's talking about, but it's established and it's been used, and the people who use it still love it but everybody else isn't thinking about it. And I think that's the market settled down a bit, you know what I mean? And and you're just going to get attention from the people who really want those things rather than every man and his dog who just wants to have a look and isn't really, you know, serious about it. You know, those sort of people, a lot of returns, all that sort of thing. So I think it's probably, it's probably a good thing it's not so busy. What's it like on the supply side? You know, because sometimes with these products I find – that the supplies or the margins can be a bit shit. Were they, were they all right? Yeah, I got a couple points to make with that. One was uh, to your last point. Um, I'd never really thought of it. That's a good point. When the when it's the hot thing, right? Everyone knows it's the hot thing. So the scammers are trying to come in there so that they can grab it from you and not pay for you. And uh, you know, the real card holder will charge back, and they're they're you know somebody's mm. holding the bag, right? Which is you uh, or Clear Sale. Dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash Clear Sale will solve this problem. Uh, thank you, sponsor. Uh, we appreciate you. And uh, but the fraudsters are out there too. They want to get this so they can flip it on eBay and make a quick buck, or throw it on Amazon or whatever it is. So uh, good point. I never really thought of that, John. That's actually a really uh, solid point there. I just want to jump in real quick here and say if you've been thinking about getting started in the high ticket dropshipping space, maybe you've been thinking about joining the Dropship Breakthrough program. But you've got, if you're like most people, you've got some questions. You might have some things that are unresolved in your mind around whether this is the right thing for you to be doing right now, whether this is the right thing for you to be investing your time in and starting a business here. Well, I've got something that might help you. If you are in that situation, you can jump on a call with a member of our team here at Dropship Breakthrough. It might even be me or Ben to have a chat through those questions and help to help you work out whether high ticket dropshipping, being a member of Dropship Breakthrough is the right thing for you to be doing right now. So all you need to do to do that is head to Dropship Breakthrough. That's one word, uh, breakthrough spelled B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-U.com forward slash call. You'll find the link uh, in the show notes. Head there and that will take you to a page which has a booking calendar on it where you can find a time that works for you. It's a free half an hour call where you'll chat with a member of our team. Once again, could be me, could be Ben as well uh, about whatever you're thinking, whatever questions you have, whatever you'd, you'd like to work out so that you can then go away and determine whether this is the right thing for you to be doing. So go ahead, head to dropshipbreakthrough.com 
forward slash call and book your call in today. Uh, yeah, on the supplier side. So back then there was a distributor called Winit, uh, W-Y-N-I-T. You will have to look them up on the Wayback Machine as well because they no longer exist. I think we talked about them on the telescope episode that uh, uh, um, they were there. One of the things I sold from them was a 3D pen. I think it was called the 3 Doodler. I don't know if that's still around or not. 100 bucks. <laughs> I had 30% margins on it, free shipping. And so, <clears throat> you know, I wouldn't recommend getting into $100 products for anybody, uh, but that thing sold like hotcakes. And at the end of the day, I ended up making like $4 a unit, right? Because I'm it's costing a ton of money just to acquire the customer. But I sold a lot of those. And when it was fantastic at getting, getting them out the door, um, they were kind of lame. Honestly, they were really I, like I had one. They were, yeah, they were stupid. It was like a hot glue gun. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, uh, I, I wouldn't recommend it. Maybe they, again, it's been eight years. The three doodle.com. Yeah. It's been eight years. And so like, I don't, I'm assuming the market's come a long, long way since then. Anyway, when it's not there. So when it had a few different brands, they were to distribute, that was your only choice. I ended up like going directly to some of those brands and saying, Hey, I know you want to push me here. I want to work directly with you. I want to build a relationship. And I was able to take a couple of those to a one-to-one relationship, which actually gave me better margins. It ended up building me a fantastic relationship where I could get better uh, information from them, better PDFs from them that they were you know, holding back behind the scenes. They weren't giving the distributor, things like that. And so I would encourage you, not only in this industry, but you know, if you're pushed to a distributor, keep fighting your way back, back to working with the brand directly. And then one other thing, uh, Matt, uh, I want to say it's Gemcow, one of our students was talking in our Slack today. Again, our elite members, uh, they have uh, Slack access to John and I. We have a private Slack for all of our elite members. And Matt was mentioning about, hey, what do you do with the brands that are, they say they're direct to consumer only. Like they they only work direct to consumer. And I had this in one of the 3D printer brands. They only sold with a couple of the really, really big business uh, retail stores and then themselves. And every time I call, they would be like, who are you again? Like, yeah, we don't do that. Uh, <laughs> but I pushed and I pushed and I pushed and I pushed. Uh, and slowly but surely, I wore them down enough to, you know, uh, find an exception to that DTC rule. Uh, and I became their their lone seller. I thought that would be like the greatest day of my life that I'm I'm going to sell this and I'm going to sell a ton of these. It wasn't the case. It, it's actually almost never the case with like the most popular brand in the industry. You think it's going to be and that's they're up on this top tier and you need to get them. It almost never the case. You might look good. It might give you some credibility, but you, you're probably not going to sell a lot of them. Uh, and so this was the case. I sold a few. Their margins were fantastic. Um, and then some of the other brands back then were in the 25% range. I do remember almost every brand I had was like happy to ship for free. Or they would be like, you're going to have X margins and here's the flat shipping cross. We don't care where it's going. Uh, we're happy to take care of it for you, which I think I haven't really found that since then of like, an entire industry being one way but this one felt that way back then and that makes your life easy when you're like okay i know if i sell like one of the units i sold was five thousand dollars retail price and i had 25 percent margins on there and so that's that's one thousand two hundred and fifty dollars minus some fees whatever we'll call it 1150 that i can go acquire a customer and whatever i i split there that's coming to me right and uh that makes your life easier when you know your numbers deeply and you're not surprised when it's like okay, this order is going to Cupertino, California, and it's going to be $492 freight shipping. And oh, by the way, it's going to California. Even though we don't need to charge you tax, we're going to charge you tax on this because our CPA is a moron and thinks we need to charge you tax for this. So you have to like figure that out and it's going to eat into your margin. And um, yeah, it's nice to have brands that 
you know, they give you a number and like, uh, it allows you to plan a much, much easier. Hmm. Awesome. So what are we saying here, Ben? Good niche, bad niche. Yeah, I think I'm in. Uh, who wants to partner up? That's where I'm at with it. I think that it's going to happen a lot on these calls. We'll just like we fall in love with stuff. What did we do that on the the garage organization one too? I like yeah, I started I geeking out about did. ideas we yeah. could do. And look, uh, I'll I'll second you in there. I, from what I can tell, and from what you've said, it sounds like good niche for me too. And I would say on top of that, the whole creator space, people who like to go and create stuff is a massively underserved space. There are other products out there that kind of fall within that space that I've looked at that I've helped one or two people build a business around that there is like literally bugger all competition in right now in the high, and there's high ticket products in there. So I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there for anybody who's uh, looking for a bit of direction. Go and look, go and see if you can serve people who like to create stuff, you know, people who might be selling stuff on Etsy or something like that, for example. There's high ticket products in there enthusiasts good markets underserved yeah, i hope i steer like steer people away from the electronics right like that's probably mm-hmm. the first place they go of like you know, i got a ring light right here can we can i sell these great ring lights and and dslr cameras and you know don't go to electronics yeah. electronics are a commodity uh, but think who else could create it's not just people digitally creating there's a lot of creations to be had in the in the world yeah and when ben says electronics he means like he doesn't mean electrical goods, like things that have an electric circuit in them. He means like consumer electronics, like cameras and things yes. like that. Like, but you know, people get confused when we say that sometimes. It, it sounds, this thing's electrical. Does that mean I can't sell it? No, that's not what we're talking about. Also, every one of these that we've done, John, have you got an email or a DM of like, hey, that's my niche. It doesn't suck. Or uh, that's my niche. Thanks for telling everybody to go. What? What? Like the world is abundant. If this is a good niche, a lot of people are going to win in it. First off, we have thousands of people who listen to this podcast and thousands of people who aren't in our course or don't have a store or haven't done anything. And so, you know, uh, last episode, take action. Mm-hmm. We're ta- like, if you thought this was a yeah. good idea and you're like, yeah, I have a 3D printer in my office. This is you. Go. What are you waiting for? Go buy the domain today. Yeah. If you've thought of an idea for a, for a niche or a market, you're not alone. Anyway, regardless of whether we say it or not, other people have thought about it. Like I've done literally probably over a thousand market niche verifications for other people. I see the same ideas very often. Nobody, it's very rare. There have been a few occasions, say in the last 12 months where I've heard something and I'm like, oh man, I've never thought of that. Or I've never heard anybody say that. Every other time, I have heard other people think of that idea before and you're, you're not unique um, and that's not the marker of success here that you've got to think up something that nobody else has thought up, right? That is not one of the things that separates successful people from unsuccessful people, right? So don't worry about that. Uh, doing the work is what's going to separate you. Touche. Uh, I will say this, uh, easy pump for our course. If you sign up, dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash join. It is down below If you're watching on YouTube, it is in the show notes on whatever podcast player you were on. Part of you signing up is a call with John or myself, usually John. Thank you, John. uh, Where he'll hop on a call and you say, here's five ideas that I've narrowed it down to after working through the stuff in your course. And we will happily say, this is a good idea. Steer clear of this one. Here's a few tips in this industry because we've seen a lot. And so, yes, 
are you going to run into other people doing this? Yes. The answer is yes. Like there, it, like you didn't come up with some magic new idea. Although I did, I, I do hear a new idea about once a week, John, uh, yeah. which still shocks me every time wow. I hear one. I'm like, wow, I've never thought of that. Some of them are really, really good too, by the way. And, uh, and so like, you know, likely there's going to be somebody else there, but the difference is you is the person uh, I can remember way back when I first started, I started a pellet grill store and somebody posted in the forums of the things I was in the course I was in. I started pellet grills. It doesn't work. Nobody going to pellet grills. And it destroyed me. I remember hearing that and like, oh my God, I chose pellet grills. It'll never work. And like, I reached out to some of the, you know, quote unquote experts and they were like, fuck that guy. Like, are you going to do things the same way he did and, and end up in the same place? Probably not. You're going to take different action. You're going to build a better store. Probably, uh, you can do a million things different. If he failed, great. That doesn't mean you're going to fail. Or if, if there are, you know, three people in there, that are having success that doesn't mean you're not going to have success and so uh just find what works for you and if you want our help with that hop in our course we will happily verify what you decide to jump into and then it's on you you got to take the action you have to put in the work to be successful thanks for listening to the dropship podcast you can find all the show notes for this episode at dropshippodcast.com and if you're ready to take the next step in your dropshipping journey, we invite you to join us inside Dropship Breakthrough, where John and I will walk you through step-by-step step in starting your own high-ticket dropshipping e-commerce business. But that's not all. Dropship Breakthrough will also teach you everything you'll need to know to grow your business and take it to the next level. So head over to dropshipbreakthrough.com and sign up for our free training that will help you take the first steps towards building and growing your own profitable high-ticket dropshipping business.